You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report part of Rocket Sports Media and an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Have a great show in store for you. Lots to talk about. Uh, I am your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm also the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com. And of course, I'm joined each and every week in the studio by our wonderful founder, president and editor in chief. And his name is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Are Are you recovered from the draft yet? You know, you have those, um, not more than a handful, but there's a handful of people you know, whether they be uh, neighbors or um, some in your family or friends who say, oh, and now that hockey's over, what are you doing? And those are the people I want to slap. <laughs> well, there was the draft. And then as soon as it was over, there was, was the quali- development, yeah, development development camp, camp. And then qualifying restricted office. free agents and then free agency. agency and, and then yeah, maybe there'll be two days uh, in the in third August. week of August yeah. that we might get a breath. It's been busy. I don't know when I can clean my house. It was <laughs> really be a vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's been busy. Uh, the draft was um, memorable. Yeah. We'll use that word. Okay. Memorable. Remarkable. And I'm not saying if that's a positive or a negative adjective. It was remarkable. Um, Trend setting. Sure. Well, you know, we have a trade to announce, but two trades at the same time by the same team. Mm. That I don't. I don't know that that's happened before. I don't know either. It was certainly made the first 10 minutes of the draft um, a little bit electric. Mm. <laughs> uh, but no, it was it was a tremendous time. We, of course, once again had a group of not only our, our Rocket Sports team members there, but also uh, some of our wonderful ticket winners uh, who were able to accompany as well. Uh, for the NHL draft as a thanks to our partnership with the NHL that has been going on for well, since 2009, really. Uh, so that was tremendous. Uh, everyone and, had- and most of them, well, I think all of them have been with us several times to the draft. Yeah. And, and they're loyal, loyal listeners of this show, of the Canadians Connection. They, mm-hmm. They're uh, on the website. So um, rewarding loyal, loyalty. Uh, <laughs> That's they right. got, got to come along with us to the draft. And they all seem to have a, a really tremendous time. Um, of course, there was a lot 
that we could talk about in terms of the draft, uh, the selection of Uri Slavkovsky first overall, the trades, uh, trading away Romanoff and, and uh, acquiring, you know, through through a two-team trade to then acquire t- Kirby Doc, uh, and then the remainder of, of the Canadians' um, draft picks. So what we're going to tell you to do is do two things. A, head over to canadiansconnection.fm because Rick and our dear friend Michael Spinella spent a good deal of time in Saturday's episode of Canadians Connection, fresh off the draft, uh, kind of doing a deep dive analytic look uh, and and a breakdown of everything that the Canadians did at the draft. Um, So I highly recommend that you go check that out, canadiansconnection.fm. It's Saturday's podcast. It was episode 199. Um, And while you're there, of course, subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, If watching on YouTube is more your cup of tea, then head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs. I not only had the regular Thursday episode of Habs Hockey Report to kind of get you ready for the draft, but then came back on Friday night with a special episode uh, just as a quick reaction video, uh, giving you all the stats and information about every selection in the draft by the Canadians. Uh, and that actually, actually that, that video has actually blown up on our channel. There's well over 3000 views on that, on that video, uh, tons of comments, uh, happy, not happy, middle of the road, you, you name it. So, uh, go visit youtube.com slash all Habs, hit the subscribe button there while you're at it and check out the latest episode of Habs hockey report. And that those two things will get you covered a to Z, uh, on everything that happened for the Habs. Yeah, do at both. The draft. yeah. it's not an or situation. Well, no, it's do not. both. Do yeah. both. Cause you know, different people say different things. All perspectives. Yes, Mm -hmm. all perspectives. Uh, So we have a great show for you today. There's still uh, plenty to talk about. Um, We're going to, in the first segment, get you caught up on the flurry of activity that is happening and and has happened and is happening for the Canadians since the draft ended uh, around 2.30 on Friday afternoon. And as Rick uh, kind of mentioned, uh, we've got development camp underway. We have that to talk about. Uh, qualifying offers for RFAs were due on Monday. We're going to talk about who got a qualifying offer and who didn't. Uh, and as well, Laval and Montreal have been busy signing either contract extensions or signing uh, new players to deals. Uh, we'll get you caught up on all of that as well. And then after we take a quick break, our good friend Patrick Williams is back for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. And he's going to be here to help get us ready for the free agency that is about to open this week. Um, you know, yes, the NHL free agency period is is opening, but AHL free agents are also going to play a big part part this year, uh, particularly with things kind of shifting in European hockey a bit. So uh, he'll be joining us later in the show as well. It's going to be a great show today. So let's start with development camp. Mm-hmm. Um, development camp. There's wait- only one person there as, as far as I heard. Your eye Slipkowski? <laughs> if you read the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens official tweets, there was only one person at development camp. Uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, no, there's more like 40 people. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, I, looking at it, um, I'm pleased to say, as opposed to how it sometimes has been in past years, there is a hefty portion of development camp that is draftees of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, there's a smattering of PTOs or, or, or free agents, 
Um, but most of them have been drafted uh, in the past few years. Um, and Rick, I think that's a that's an encouraging sign because we've seen in in the past that there'd be you know a dozen guys there that 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 aren't drafted, and that's you know okay, great, take a look at those guys. But you want you want to see a nice full, robust roster full of draftees. Well, and there's only so much ice to go around. If if you're standing waiting for you know a dozen or two dozen people to go through drills, um, it's it's not a very productive um, development camp. So um, yeah, I, I I I like this. I, there have been um, you know upwards of of fifty or sixty players at these kinds of things. So mm-hmm. this is nice, uh, a streamlined uh, group to work with. Keep in mind too, yeah. And so, yes, Yuri Slavkovsky is there. The the guys who were just drafted last weekend, it was uh, convenient for them to just stick around for another couple of days in Montreal to start development camp. Uh, easy, easy as far as those kinds of logistics uh, go. Uh, but also, you know, draftees from twenty twenty one, from twenty twenty, even twenty nineteen. There's a few of those there, like Jaden Strubel, uh, Gianni Fairbrother, uh, Rhett Pitlick. Um, those kinds of players are there. Frederick Decal on the goaltending side of things, um, but also guys but, that haven't uh, haven't got a look by by fans yet that were were acquired not through trade, not through um, that's right, the draft, that's, but by trade. That's right. That's exactly where I was going. It's the first time that they're seeing Emil Heineman or Ty Smolanik, um, which is pretty exciting mm-hmm. to finally get to that point. So. Um, off-ice sessions took place on Sunday. Uh, they've had a couple of days of, of on-ice drills. I believe they did a scrimmage this afternoon, um, and they've got a, a couple more days um, of one day or two days. It's it's like it's when, usually ends a, Wednesday. Ends, yeah. ends Wednesday, so they have one more day of of camp uh, before all of that is done. Um, there are guys that are on the roster who aren't participating. It's uh, unfortunately there, you know, you don't like to have to have an injury update um, at this point in the season, but um, there's some guys who aren't, who are there, but they're not participating in on ice sessions because they are still rehabbing from off season, um, you know, either rehabbing injuries from the end of the season or surgeries and procedures that they've had. Uh, among those are Caden Gooley, who's recovering from a lower body injury, uh, remember, he went very, uh, very, very deep in the CHL playoffs, uh, and so his he hasn't had as much time to recover yet from from being banged up from a long season. Uh, Logan Mayu, of course, uh, recovering from his shoulder injury uh, that took him out of his season early in the year. Um, also, another shoulder injury for Nick Room. Uh, so he is not participating in on-ice sessions, and neither is defenseman Arbor Jackeye, uh, recovering from an upper body injury. And, of course, Jackeye went to uh, the championship for for the CHL. Um, so, again, another situation where he hasn't had a lot of time to to recover yet. Um, there's also a couple of guys who would, who would not participate in the scrimmages but would be able to participate in drills and that's Justin Barron who's who's uh, re- rehabbing an ankle injury Israel Mianskum with a hamstring injury and Jack Smith with a shoulder injury so those guys are at least doing drills uh, just not um, just not uh, participating in any of the scrimmages but Rick unfortunately there's also been some injuries that have popped up during training during camp, camp. hmm um, a couple of defensemen. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Struble and Gianni Fairbrother. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's it's interesting because fans um, sad to see Alexander Romanov go, but uh, the talk has been. However, there are uh, some punishing, um, very physical defensemen on the roster. Arbor Jacki, Caden uh, Gooley, Johnny Fairbrother, uh, Jaden Struble, and all those are the guys that are out. All injured. Yeah. I know. It's not, it's not really. I mean, I guess it's fine for development camp as long as they are ready to go for rookie camp in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really, um, that's really when it counts. So, okay. If they have to sit out for, for development camp, just as long as they're Raring to go come early September. Another player looking forward to seeing was um, Jan Mishak. Yeah. Not there. He's got a good reason, though. He does. He, he does. Got, he got an excuse from the... He did. Yeah. Uh, he is actually uh, this week heading to take part in Team Czechia's camp in advance of the World Juniors, which is slated to start in about three weeks. Turns out he's going to be captaining Team Czechia uh, at the World Juniors, uh, some may be a little surprised to to hear that that one of the Cavs prospects was going to go ahead and participate. Me, I'm surprised. You're surprised. Well, he participated in the in the Memorial Cup. Yeah. Um. So his his off season very well zero. even made money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there is no off season. No off season for Jan Mishak. Um. And it's why a lot of prospects were choosing not to participate in the World Juniors uh, the first week in August, because it was going to be too grinding and too grueling to then turn around and try to try to finish your summer training before you have to report to rookie camp. Caden Gooley was one of those that said, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to participate in the World Juniors. So and I, I think the Montreal Canadiens whispered in his ear. Probably. Mm-hmm. We need you to be healthy. <laughs> uh, we need Jan Mishak to be healthy too. So hopefully, let's all just keep our fingers crossed. It will be fun though to get to watch Mishak um, represent his country at the World Juniors. It's going to be very weird watching World Juniors uh, in August. We're used to watching the the evaluation camp for next year's World Juniors in August. It's going to be a little weird watching the actual tournament. Oliver Kapanen is likely the other Montreal Canadiens prospect who will be at the World Juniors uh, participating for Finland. Nice. We'll be happy to see that. That'll be fun. And of course, we'll have coverage for you at Rocket Sports and All Habs. You know it. Um, also, should just make a quick mention. Um, we talked in the injury report that Logan Mayu is is still rehabbing his shoulder injury, not participating in on ice sessions, uh, but he is there and participated in the off ice sessions. Interestingly enough, he and about a billion staff members of the Montreal Canadiens uh, all met with the media today. Rob Ramage, Frankie Bouillon, uh, Vinny Lecavier, and so on and so forth. Um, and have to say, uh, Rob Ramage had some very positive comments about Logan Mayu and his progression. Said that uh, one of one of the one of the sessions uh, that the Habs prospects uh, went through this week was a respect and consent uh, session. And Rob Ramage mentioned uh, that Logan Mayu kind of really led the charge for the prospects in in that session. That he was one of the first with answers. That he's obviously been through a number of these kinds of trainings and has obviously uh, seen a lot of growth and maturity. And Rob Ramage said, you know, he's really earned the earned being here. He wouldn't be here if he hadn't put the work in. So um, nice to hear that that perhaps the Canadians are are acknowledging that that Logan Mayu has put his head down and, and done the work that was required of him 
uh, by the organization. Um, and who knows if we'll see a contract for him soon or not. Uh, we don't know. But just interesting that they made him available today. Um, and uh, we'll see where it goes. And um, if we want to step across that line and talk about Rob Ramage, uh, Rob, Rob Ramage can speak from um, a place that, that few other people can in this regard. Um, that's why his comments need to be taken so seriously. Rob Ramage, um, 19 years ago, was involved in a, a drunk driving incident uh, where uh, um, Keith Magnuson, uh, former coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, was killed. Uh, the The other driver, the, the driver of the other car was injured. So, um, you know... Rob Ramage has gone through his own uh, difficulties and that one far more serious. Um, and so he can relate to the kind of uh, process now that Logan Mayu is going through um, and, and uh, has, has, um, has done so well um, um, in, in his uh, step back to, to joining the Canadians at some point. Yeah. Rob Ramage understands uh, working towards redemption and earning a second chance and making the most of that second chance when it's when it is provided to you and and so he has made it a real mission of his to impart that to the players that he now um, guides and so yes I agree Rick for for Rob Ramage to make the kind of comments that he's making about what he's observing and and hearing from Logan Mayu uh, should be pretty impactful because he knows exactly uh, where this young man is coming from and where his head needs to be. Uh, so he would be a very, very good evaluator of Logomayu's process, progress. Um, yesterday, uh, Monday was also, as we mentioned, was the deadline for qualifying offers to be submitted for any pending restricted free agents. Um, there were eight of them on the Habs roster. Five of them did receive a qualifying offer. Three of them did not. Uh, the ones who did receive a qualifying offer are Kirby Doc, which, okay, that was kind of a given, uh, Nate Schnarr, Joel Teasdale, and Caden Primo and Sam Montembo. Um, Rick, I, th- I, I think out of the five who got a qualifying offer, if any, I was, I don't want to say surprised about, but could have seen it go either way would have been Joel Teasdale. Yeah, both uh, Montembeau and Teasdale were kind of the question marks. Teasdale, um, yeah, more of a question mark, I guess. Um, yeah, he he hasn't lived up to to the pro- promise. Um, he had some injury issues, he uh, did. no doubt. Um, but you know, at the the AHL level, he looks slow. Um, mm-hmm. His skating is an issue. Um, conditioning is an issue for him. Uh, reaction time is 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 an issue. Uh, hockey sense, um, so the Canadians um, retaining his rights and and perhaps giving him uh, one last chance. With Montembeau, it's a case of uh, no, he's not. Uh, I, I think most people see he's a very likable character and and uh, tried his best, had a great attitude under difficult circumstances. Everyone should be able to see he's not an NHL caliber goaltender. Um, but the Canadians, um, you know, still have some question marks uh, with respect to Carey Price and with the the demand, uh, the, the, the amount of interest they're, they're receiving for Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. So Jake could be uh, on the trade block 
And so uh, th- this was uh, the Montembeau trade, or, or sorry, uh, si- uh, uh, qualification was less of a, a question mark. Absolutely. I also, you know, if now let's say in a perfect world, Carey Price is able to play in the fall and they still have Jake Allen on the roster. Well, then, you know, Laval hasn't re-signed Kevin Poulin yet. So then maybe it becomes a, a Montembeau primo tandem in Laval, which would be perfectly fine mm-hmm. with me. I'd, I'd, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. So uh, just uh, just some options there. Uh, so that means the three guys who did not get qualified, Rem Pitlick, Kale Clegg, and Josh Brooke. I have to say of the three of those, the one least surprising to me is Josh Brooke. I think the writing has been on the wall for a long time that the, the ship has sailed uh, for the Canadians on, on being high on Josh Brooke for whatever reason. Yeah, the Josh Brook had some injury issues, um, but it, it's been well over a year where where he hasn't really been part of the future plans. Unfortunately, he had some promise, um, but we know that last season he was sent to the ECHL for a time, and even when the Black Aces squad was put together from ECHL players for the Laval Rocket for their playoff run, Josh Brook was not a part of that. No. So. Uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, he's, his, uh, his stock has fallen, uh, so that he's, he's, uh, not in the, the future plans. Uh, Kale Clegg, never part of the, the plans was just kind of a bandaid. Rem Pitlick, uh, a huge fan favorite. Um, but listen, um, Rem Pitlick plays a very immature game. Uh, mm-hmm. he plays a road hockey kind of game, all offense. Um, he, he, he's, uh, not very good without the puck. Um, we've seen the the stats uh, where he has, was rated last year the worst defensive player in the National Hockey League. Oops. Um, now, and and the issue with this is that going into a, an RFA um, uh, agreement, he had uh, uh, arbitration rights, mm-hmm. and um, you know those arbitration judges can pick and choose some of the stats. Uh, Rem has some bloated stats. Uh, the, his shooting percentage, for example, um, unsustainable going forward, but but may look impressive, and that would drive um, uh, a salary rate, a salary decision that's out of the control of the Montreal Canadiens. So that they would be forced to pay. That they would be forced to pay. Now, um, I think fans are clinging to the thought that he he being a very popular player. Uh, now he he becomes uh, an unrestricted free agent. May want to return to Montreal. Mon- Montreal may want to re- uh, bring him back, but on their terms, so mm-hmm. he could sign a, a UFA uh, contract uh, at at perhaps uh, much less than he would be paid in an RFA agreement. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, he'll go to to market anyway. Absolutely. So that is uh, the deal on the qualifying offers. Now we have to just wait and see of those five guys uh, who who uh, were qualified. What comes from that? Uh, we've got a little little time to see how that all unfolds. Uh, but in the interim, uh, they certainly the Canadians organization, whether it's at the NHL level or particularly uh, Laval, have been busy with the printers and the signing pens. Um, There have been a boatload of one-way AHL contracts signed for Laval uh, in the past week, uh, starting with Danik Martell. Don't even get me started on that signing. Just just don't. I'm not in the mood to be on that soapbox today. Uh, A fan favorite, obviously. A coach favorite, obviously. um, But 
for for my cup of tea. Way too uh, way too many bad penalties uh, for and and his production didn't show up until the playoffs, and that's just not good enough in my opinion. Detriment, uh, detrimental because the, the the Canadians will have a lot of prospects in in Laval, and uh, Martel is not the kind of veteran AHL player you want as a role model. No, uh, Brandon Zignac getting a two year one way AHL contract. Again, we see another fan favorite there, another coach favorite. Um, he and Peter Abandonado was the first contract signed by Laval in the off season. And the two of them were kind of peas in a pod. Um, so that, uh, that little group coming back, uh, a new name, Ryan Francis coming in on a one way AHL deal. Um, believed he's played in the queue recently, uh, most recently in the playoffs with the Charlottetown. Um, oh gosh, it just completely went out of my head with Charlottetown <laughs> um, in the, in the uh, CHL playoffs. Um, and Brennan Saulnier, um, if that name sounds familiar to press zone listeners, it's because he has spent the last two years in the Flyers organization, splitting his time between the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the Reading Royals in the ECHL. So Brennan Saulnier, um, believe it or not, not Quebec born. He's actually from Halifax, um, but the name is French enough, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, another guy coming in from out of the organization, um, and that's just the one-way AHL deals. Yeah, the, the the one I'll just say the Gignac one. There's nothing. Um, the only word comes to mind is silly. It's it's very silly. Um, and a two-year deal at that. A two-year deal for uh, a player who split time between the AHL and ECHL last year. And again, keep in mind. Um, Last year, Laval got away with having a a heavy-loaded francophone team with not very many prospects on it, and it worked out for them due to a number of different circumstances. And they and they went on a very deep run all the way to the conference final before they were ousted. Um, that is going to change and shift coming starting this year. There are going to be a lot more prospects uh, in that dressing room starting this year. Uh, Jean-Francois Ull admitted at the end of the season in his in his end of season interview, uh, we are going to be a much younger team next year because of the amount of prospects. And so uh, this is now going to be indicative. You know, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon have said from the, their hiring that player development was going to need to be a focus. And if they mean that, then it means that those prospects are going to be the ones that need to get the bulk of the ice time in Laval. Uh, which could mean uh, a very different looking kind of season for Laval and their fans. Um, but they weren't done. Uh, well, and and so then you have on the NHL side of things, two contracts done there, uh, a one-year two-way contract for Corey Schooneman. I, I think this was actually a, a, a a good signing, Rick. I, th- I think that's a fair contract. It allows Schooneman to go back and forth between the NHL and the AHL, which I think is perfectly fine. I agree. Uh, and <laughs> I don't mean, you know, I don't mean to pick on the fan favorites, and I'm not trying to pick on the fan favorites, but when you are in a rebuild like Montreal is supposed to be, contracts like the most, the latest one that was signed to me is just, it just makes me throw up my hands and say, how is how is this helping you? Um, a one-year, one-way NHL contract for Michael Pizzetta. 
I understand fans love him. Fans love the flow. Fans love the fact that he fights everything that moves. Um, fans, you know, love love his attitude, love his personality. I get all of that, and we agree with all of that. Michael Pizzetta is a, a, a great guy. Um, but a one-year, one-way NHL deal in, a, in the start of a rebuild, to me, makes zero sense. Just zero sense. There was a uh, tweet of um, a person who was putting out all of um, Michael Pozzetta's uh, um, fights. No, no, his, sorry. All, all of his, his um, analytics. Um, and, and, and they were awful. I mean, everything was on the negative side uh, except physicality. So the tweet that came with it was what matters um, is that Pozzetta has a great, has great flow um, he's hard on the forecheck and is very physical. Just ignore all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all the other stuff. I, I just, I, and I get it. He, it's a feel good signing. He's a feel good player that fans rally around. I get that aspect of it, but you're in a, you're in the start of a rebuild. Um, and Yeah. Uh, it's just that that one that one honestly baffled me. Um, I would have maybe maybe I would have even been less baffled if if it was a two way NHL NHL deal. But but the I thought of that too. But um, I mean, I, you, you I, don't I, want him taking a spot in the AHL either. So well, I know, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I guess uh, there's nothing we can uh, there's nothing to do but report the news, and that is the news. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how all of that shakes out. I just that's that's a signing I can't say that I agree with. Um, you know, nothing again, nothing personal against Michael Pizzetta. He's a fun player. Um, he's a he works hard. Uh, just just I for me, looking at the first year of a rebuild, just not to me not the right fit for the roster. But say la vie. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side of this quick message from our sponsor, we are going to invite Patrick Williams into the studio because it is time for the AHL Hot Stove. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report, Rocket Sports Media. Uh, And uh, this is episode 264 of the Press Zone. Uh, We are so glad that you are here with us. Welcome back. Uh, Very fun and informative first segment, but we've got another great segment coming for you here. just in just a moment, because Patrick Williams is about to arrive. However, first, before we get there, allow me to remind you and invite you to be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report. If you're not subscribed to this podcast already, well, come on now. What are you waiting for? We're here with you every week of uh, of, of the year, not just during hockey season, but obviously during the off season as well, bringing you all the latest. And uh, if you could do us a favor, we would really appreciate it. Take you two seconds to just hit the share button and just share this podcast on your social media platforms. That's the, really the best way that you can help us out. We would really appreciate it. And we'd like to uh, invite all of your friends to come and listen and be part of this group every week. The draft was fun. The draft was exciting. Uh, we've, we've talked about the fact that there's already been contract extension signed uh some new signings happening qualifying offers but really uh boy the big focus of this week of course is free agency uh opening on wednesday um and yes a lot of the focus most of the focus is on nhl free agency but ahl free agency is also a very big deal particularly this year why you ask well we brought in the expert. Uh, it's uh, time to welcome back Patrick Williams, our good friend and Rocket Sports contributor, Patrick Williams, to the show for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Patrick, it's great to have you back. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, you got a fan club this wow. week. Wow. Sounds like one of those school day teams. <laughs> you know, if that were the volume of them, I could handle them a lot better. <laughs> um, we are glad to have you back. Uh, it's been it's been madness, of course, with uh, everything going on in quick succession after the end of the season. Um, but I imagine things are about to get even nuttier. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that, like, the the finals, you know, either NHL or AHL just ended what two ish weeks ago. Yeah, about that. And we're we've had a draft, multiple <laughs> trades. Uh, you have development camps going on. Uh, free agency starting up tomorrow. Like, <laughs> does it ever slow down? There's no, no breathing room. Like, I mean, I was I had to laugh. Like, I'm looking at you know. You know, some of the players that were in the final, Calder Cup final, a couple weeks back, and now they're at development camp. <laughs> and, you know, Laval, you know, uh, JFO is at development camp. Like, mm-hmm. it seemed like he was just talking playoffs. Yeah, it's not, it's, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. It's not just the players who have to make a quick turnaround. It's, yeah. it's, it's those AHL coaches that typically are running team development camps. Um, yeah. So it's a quick turnaround for the coaches as well. And then some of the uh, some of the players in a few weeks have the World Junior tournament. So <laughs> then by the time they they're done with that, it's time to go to training camp. Off season, schmoff season. Yeah. So <laughs> and um, a tip of the cap to the equipment staff because right? yeah, those guys are just it's constant. Yeah. It's, like, I don't envy them. No. Don't. 
envy them at all. Uh, but the big focus, as I said, this week uh, is free agency. Um, and short, free, you know, free agency frenzy is called that for a reason, because it can be a bit of a circus. It can be a bit of a frenzy. Um, but for the AHL, it's also, you know, guys looking for jobs, guys guys looking to extend their career if if they're an older veteran, that type of thing. But but Patrick, you've made some uh, some hints that that this year's AHL free agency could could look a lot different and and really have a lot more at stake. Yeah, well, that's sort of one of the uh, little twists of free agency that at the NHL level gets so much attention. And um, I think sometimes fans are disappointed because there's not as much action as they expect. And so that's why you'll see, you know, the first day of free agency, you know, a team will announce, hey, we signed three AHL. Pretty much players are, are meant for the AHL team, and they're like, is this it? You know, but like, I mean, that's, yeah, this is the time of the year when you restock your roster. And you, I mean, you look at, um, you look at some of these teams right now. I mean, the Chicago Wolves, for example, have three players in net going to free agency. Um, flying Jack LaFontaine and Beck Warm. Um, Rochester, um, they, I believe they have four of their regular defensemen uh, that are eligible for free agency. So you have a lot of teams that are more or less have to rebuild the two thirds of their roster at the American league level. So uh, there's a ton of work to do at, you know, that regard. And, um, and the other thing too, is, I mean, we live in the salary cap era, right. And, you know, there's all these different restrictions um, in terms of, of, you know, free agency and contracts and everything at the NHL level. So you don't necessarily see as much action, at that level. And especially now that, you know, a lot of these young guys get, get signed to long-term deals. So sort of, it's, it's almost in some ways more of an AHL day um, than an NHL day. So uh, yeah, I expect a ton of action, uh, you know, the, especially the first three days, like it's, it's nuts. And then it slows down a little bit, the dust settles and then it kind of picks up again, you know, after another week or so as teams kind of reassess where they're at and, um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much, uh, anything you want is available uh, if you're, if you're an American hockey league team and, you know, you look at a team like Coachella Valley, um, they have anywhere from about 12 to 14 spots to fill, um, hmm. on their roster because they have a handful of veteran type players that they're bringing in from Charlotte, uh, that played there last year in their dual affiliation. Um, maybe the odd AHL free agent here or there, and then, um, you may have a draft pick somehow is a, is eligible, but for the most part, um, they've only had two draft classes. So most of those players aren't eligible yet for the, for the AHL. So um, you more or less have to stock your roster at the AHL level through free agency. And um, so they have, they have a ton of work to do um, in the next, uh, you know, four weeks or so. Just uh, something a little off topic, but just because you mentioned Coachella Valley and uh, the Charlotte checkers, um, other than the addition of the new, the brand new, uh, franchise, there should be, uh, affiliation stability more or less, uh, this, this, this summer. <laughs> I know we, we never know. <laughs> we, 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 some, um, sometimes these things come out of the blue. I but. think so. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, and I always <laughs> reserve the right to, you know, <laughs> Absolutely right to say, but, but I didn't. I, I couldn't predict this. 
but I mean, you know, for the last seven or eight years, it's been really chaotic. I mean, right. There were whole reshuffling as, you know, as teams have filtered out to the West coast, you know, everybody's been trying for the most part to get an affiliation close to home. And so that, that resulted in a ton of upheaval. And, and then you've had two NHL expansion teams come in within the past five years. So that was another, um, element. So, uh, and the Calgary one, we should we should mention that one as well. Yeah, so that was a team that was an affiliation that went to the West Coast in 2015, and now is already on the move again, um, seven years later. So from Stockton to Calgary. So um, if I had to kind of look into my crystal ball, though, I think next summer should be pretty stable. Everybody right now, I think, is in a pretty solid um, affiliation type situation there's not a lot of obvious um options right now right like st louis had kind of bounced around for a while but now that they found what looks like a good home with springfield carolina um seems to have found a good balance with chicago uh so those were kind of the two wild cards in the past couple years so they yeah i think it should be pretty stable you know again barring on the that we <laughs> that we can't see yet. Now you mentioned how how free agency at this stage can be sometimes a a a bigger impact at the AHL level and and as you as you illustrated, you know, you've got a new franchise that has to fill their roster. So um but the other the other component this year is is the stable of of talent to choose from. Um can you talk just a bit about how that might be kind of a, a, a bigger pool of talent to choose from this year than perhaps in, in previous years? Um, and, and not the least, you know, not the least of which is because a lot of players have left the KHL. Yeah. So the KHL is a major uh, kind of wild card here in this whole free agency picture, because especially I think for North American players, um, who sometimes run into problems in Europe because of there's uh, there's limits on import players. Um, so that's not necessarily an option um, for everybody. Um, so there's roughly 50 players that I would say are either top six forwards, top four defensemen, or high-end goaltenders who are North American that played in the KHL this past season. You know, one of them, for example, is Kenny Agostino, former AHL MVP, um, Jay Chelios uh, is another player that played over there. Uh, Ryan Spurl, um, who's a longtime defenseman in the AHL, uh, was over in the KHL this past season. Uh, uh, Taylor Beck. I mean, so there's, there's some real talent over there. Um, and not, not all of it has found a home elsewhere in Europe. And um, so those guys are kind of, if they're not looking to stay in Russia, and it doesn't appear that they are, you know, given that. Uh, free agency there uh, began at the beginning of May. So, I mean, it looks like if you're not signed by now, you're probably not returning to Russia for, you know, next season, especially obviously given everything going on there. And is that something you necessarily want to get caught up in? Apparently not for at least some of these players. So, so that's, that's another influx of talent that's going to be possibly coming back to the HL. So, uh, but, I mean, yeah, you look at the, the goaltending market, for example, and there's Charlie Lindgren, obviously, you know, Alex Lyons. So two of their goalies that were, you know, in the key final. figures in the <laughs> Power Cup final are free agents. 
Um, Calvin Pickard, right? Like uh, a long, long time. Uh, I mean, he had, even had some time in the NHL. Uh, Kevin Poulin, uh, who was in Laval. Right, so like you, you know, Troy Drosnick, a former uh, goalie of the year in the HL. So, I mean, that's the level of kind of like the free free agency, like Zane McIntyre too. Zane McIntyre. Well, he just re-signed in Iowa. Oh, that's today. right. Okay. Today, so, okay. Got himself a two-year deal and uh, got himself three hundred thousand per. Nice. Wow. Um, so that's that, that's the other element here that you know, it looks like uh, the pandemic uh, uh, effects have lifted. Uh, on salaries now, and then they look like they're returning to kind of what they were back in 2019, which was sort of the last, the summer of 2019 was sort of the last normal free agency period we had. And that's when a high-end AHL veteran could net somewhere in the range of 400 to 475. And so, you know, you see, I've seen some players get that already this summer. And, you know, so... Um, that's pretty good, good news pretty good payday for an AHL player, player. Oh, yeah. I think there's this perception that all these guys are kind of, you know, living, you know, paycheck to paycheck and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, like this is like stop shot or something. It's like, no, it's not. Like there's some big money here. And, it, yeah, sure, it's not maybe the million dollars that you could have gotten in the KHL in the past. Um, but it's really good money. I mean, other than maybe Switzerland, this is probably the second best paying league now outside of, the NHL um, that doesn't involve you having to deal with the KHL. So, um, so there, there's definitely some money to be made. I mean, and if you, if you're a player and you, you know, you do three or four seasons at that level of making 400, 450, I mean, that's a nice little nest egg uh, to take into retirement uh, down the road. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a viable option for a lot of players. Uh, you can make, a very nice living here in the American Hockey League. And now, especially as the league has, has branched out, you know, coast to coast, I mean, there's uh, some really nice cities. You can live in San Diego or, or you know, uh, or Tucson, Arizona, or, you know, places like that. So it's sort of a little bit of everything. Now there's also an option, you know, I know, for example, Calgary, with them coming in, there's been a lot of interest uh uh, hearing from some different agents uh, for especially players from in and around that area uh, to go back and play closer to home. Uh, same thing with Abbotsford. Uh, that was the situation last year. So, you know, guys that maybe, you know, have family reasons or, or maybe you just had your first child and you want the grandparents to be nearby, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. little factors like that, that maybe people don't necessarily think of, but all those little sort of personal family type things can come into play as well. So, um, it's a, uh, it's an interesting dynamic, Kristen, you know, it, and I think the fact that most of these deals are one or two year deals doesn't require a ton of commitment on either side. So that I think there's a little bit more willingness to try things out and, um, uh, take some chances that you maybe you don't necessarily see in the NHL, uh, anymore, especially with, uh, all the cap considerations. There is no cap in the American Hockey League. <laughs> I mean, well, that's true. <laughs> other than your internal budget, there's no cap to worry about. So you can, um, you can kind of throw money at players. And, you know, that's why, I mean, there are some guys, I mean, Matt Bolson had a very nice payday for, for three years in Hershey mm-hmm. um, on an AHL deal at that. So, uh, um, yeah, if you, uh, you know, if you've, you play your cards right, you can, you can definitely make some money this, this league for sure. 
So it's not just the uh, players in free agency who will who will be finding new homes uh, this summer. We've we've talked about it before that there were uh, a number of coaching positions available as well. Um, is there? There's been a little bit of movement on that on that front in the last uh, week or so. Yes. Yes, uh, it's been uh, sort of started to pick, really pick up now. So so far, we're up to eight coaching changes um, this summer or off season, I guess you'd say. Um, and just today, uh, two of them were filled. Uh, Roy Sommer, um, longtime San Jose um, AHL coach, uh, is going on going to San Diego, um, and then. Uh, this is a little bit more of a kind of a, a rubber stamp deal, but Andrew Sorensen in Rockford, who was an interim coach uh, for much of the past season, uh, is now the officially the uh, permanent head coach, or at least mm. <laughs> permanent for, you know, until <laughs> uh, something, you know, else happens. But uh, yeah, Jeremy Colton, um, uh, it's in Abbotsford. Uh, Colin Chalk, who was also an interim uh, hire, now is a permanent hire in Bakersfield. Trent Vogelhuber, Promoted from assistant to, to head coach in Cleveland. Uh, Marco Sturm moved from the LA Kings down to Ontario. Uh, so working with their affiliate. And then John McCarthy in San Jose um, taking over for Roy Sommer. Uh, and then, I, you know, maybe the biggest name of all is Dan Bosma in Coachella mm-hmm. Valley. Uh, former Jack Adams winner. Um, obviously a guy that, you know, had a high profile uh, time, especially with Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, and one of the now, I guess, called most plum games in the league uh, <laughs> go live in uh, Palm Springs and uh, coach a brand new uh, team for Seattle. So um, yeah, there's been a lot of movement now. And then uh, obviously then there's the uh, spinoff effect of assistant coaches. Um, so, and I think we may see another move or two um, at the head coaching level in the AHL, depending on kind of where NHL coaching staff shake out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there's always that ripple effect. So uh, it, it's been pretty active, uh, especially lately. So are there, so aside from if any vacancies uh, come up like that, where, where perhaps someone gets promoted to, to an assistant coaching position in the NHL, are there any current vacancies that still have to be filled that you know of? Everybody. Yeah. As of now, um, there's a no vacancy sign on the AHL coaching uh, <laughs> list uh, for head coaching roles, at least. Okay. Good. Some assistant roles. Um, but, uh, for example, Keith McCambridge, a longtime head coach at the AHL level with uh, St. John's slash Manitoba and then Hartford, uh, just took an assistant's job in Bakersfield. Uh, so, hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's a kind of a tight market now if you're a coach. Uh, uh, Joel Bouchard uh, doesn't look like he'll have a job next season at the AHL level. Uh, he was the hot kind of the it, the it guy uh, last summer uh, with Anaheim, and uh, that lasted one season. So, uh, um, it does go to show that, like, you know, you can be kind of the the big coaching star today and a year from now, two years, uh, you know, kind of that that window can close for HL coaches. And, you know, um, and then sort of the opposite of that was, like, Sheldon Key, for example, right? Like, mm-hmm. he was kind of the hot – he was the name that always came up in a lot of different, uh, you know, conversations or interview situations – um, every time there was an NHL opening, right. And he also, I think benefited, you know, he was in Toronto. So, uh, there's a lot of a spotlight on him there. And then, so he moved up to the Leafs eventually. So, 
Uh, but it, yeah, that's a tough spot for a lot of NHL coaches. It, it's tough to break into that NHL head coaching club to start with. And then, you know, you can have a good season now, but let's say you have a off season or two or a bad season, or I, I guess I should say, all of a sudden, you know, there's kind of a new, um, new focus of attention elsewhere. So, um, Ben Grew, I would say, in Syracuse, maybe kind of is in that boat right now where, you know, for a number of years, he, his, he was always one of the first names that, that came up in, uh, you know, for NHL openings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the last couple of years, especially the pandemic, it hasn't been as good for Syracuse. So, you know, sort of that's um, a little bit of that, you know, I guess, you know, star name power has come off a little bit so and a little bit a a little bit telling that uh john cooper filled uh the Derek lalonde uh vacancy not going to ben grew yeah um so yeah that's i guess depending on how you look at it yeah that could be a that could definitely be a tough break for him like uh and i think the thing for ben you know is i think ben is very well suited as a head coach and i think that's definitely plays to a strong suit and um, doesn't really have a lot of assistant coaching experience, right? He's always trying to be the head guy. So it's one of those chicken and the egg things, right? Like you can't get that experience. You don't already have that experience, but then, you know, teams, NHL teams might use that against you as well. So yeah, he's kind of in a tough spot right now. One of the, one of the more interesting situations around the uh, HL coaching ranks is, is Ben Grew on Syracuse because he's, he's obviously been tremendously successful there mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and sent player after player on to Tampa. Right. And, you know, usually those guys get rewarded uh, with something, but uh, he's, he's on track right now to begin his seventh year in the HL in Syracuse. Uh, so um, barring maybe, you know, uh, an opening somewhere in the NHL late later in the summer, but uh yeah, it, it's a tough, it's a tough window, right? And uh, if you don't don't kind of like manage to get through that window when when it's there, it may not stay open very long. Well, we uh, certainly appreciate your depth of knowledge on all of all of these topics. Um, it's why we let you know we love the AHL hot stove with Patrick Williams because yeah. it's where we get to kind of. Pick your brain a bit. Um, you're you're so in tune with everything going on uh, throughout the entire American Hockey League, and our listeners get to benefit from that. So, um, Patrick, thank you very much for for being here again this week for the AHL Hot Stove. Good luck with free agency this week, um, and uh, keeping track of of all of that. We'll certainly be doing that as well, and uh, we look forward to you being back in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right, Rick. Well, I guess it's, uh, you know, it's NHL free agency is 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 chaotic enough. But when you throw AHL free agency in on top of it, it just I, I think um, I don't think we get any time to breathe yet this week. <laughs> well, and it's a good thing that we have such a, uh, a good team uh, and uh, experienced, knowledgeable mm-hmm. people with their their, you know, finger on the pulse of things to keep to keep track of all of these uh, different moves that are, that are happening and going to be, be happening. Absolutely. And we appreciate as always, Patrick Williams joining us. Uh, we love having him as part of the team. Um, you should uh, 
Be sure to, to tune in every time he's on the press zone, uh, the articles that he writes, uh, his under review column on on AHL report, uh, and as well, of course, his wonderful feature articles on the AHL's website and the NHL's website. Uh, so thanks for Patrick. Thanks to Patrick for being here again today. Uh, that is is going to kind of wrap things up for us this week. As we mentioned, we're not going anywhere. The entire All Habs Hockey Magazine, Rocket Sports Media, AHL Report team is on uh, the beat for free agency this week. Uh, we are not on vacation, uh, uh, as some are. So uh, there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking happening this week. We could see some trades. Uh, we could see some some big splashes for free agency. So we will be sure to keep you all up to date. Uh, watch allhabs.net and ahlreport.com for any major news coming out of there. Follow at allhabs and at the AHL Report on Twitter. And Rick, I can't wait to to come back next Tuesday and kind of look at all the unknown things that are about to happen. We're going to have a very <laughs> lengthy show plan, I believe. You believe? I believe. I kind of hope so. <clears throat> I kind of hope so. We uh, we certainly hope that you will be back with us next Tuesday to check all of that out. We know it's going to be a great show. We appreciate you listening all summer long. And uh, we thank you for being here once again. We'll be back again next Tuesday for another great episode of the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.